0: Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of Coffee and Conversations, where we look at the intersection between relationships, faith, and leadership. I am one of your co-hosts, Michael Clark.
1: And I'm Christian Hardin, thanks for joining us.
0: so glad that you have dialed in today we thank you so much for listening to another episode of coffee and conversations just another reminder um, if you're subscribing liking sharing we'd love to hear from you as well leave us a review uh, you can email us at coffee convos podcast right. at gmail.com we right. got it right this time yeah. christian yeah. but we'd love to hear from you what are some of the episodes you'd like to hear in 2021 Oh, it's so good to say that. Yeah, I got it wrong last time. Like I was gonna repeat twenty twenty, <laughs> yeah. and no, we're like, no, nobody wants to do that. The texture in twenty twenty. No. no, 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 no. What did you say? What'd Rewind. You say? <laughs> so we're super excited today. We have got a special guest in the house. <laughs> so in the house. <laughs> I say in the house, but we took the show on the road. We did another one on the road. We're here. This is our second road show. And um, we're here at Emerald Youth Foundation's uh, location in Lonsdale, mm-hmm. where Christian and I actually coached soccer together this season. It Un- was so much fun. Undefeated. Uh, unde- well, we won't even tell how many goals our kids scored. Yeah, they we were incredible. We Shout out to Josue and Musa. They were, they they were ballers. Were ballers on the field. <laughs> ballers. Well, we had a blast. We're glad to be back over here in Lonsdale, uh, where they're serving and loving the, the community well. Uh, but who we have in studio is going to be a treat for everyone. It is Crystal Armstrong Brown, Who I have gotten to know over the past few years, but as I first began to just admire and watch her, she was a youth leader when I first met her at OBC. And went away for a little bit, came back, because I believe Knoxville's the black hole, it sucks you back in, you try to leave and you get right back. Always does. (laughs) Always. I've left like four or five times, here I am. But we're so excited, Crystal. Thank you for joining us today.
2: I'm really glad to be with you all. Um, have shared the admiration, so the opportunity to have a conversation with both you and Christian is super exciting, and I'm um, looking forward to what we're going to talk about.
0: Awesome. And we've got a little bit of coffee, Christian. We Toast do. Talk about this.
1: Yeah. We uh, we always want to thank Brand Coffee, our sponsor. Uh, since I think for our last podcast, we Brand finally launched the uh, curbside mobile kind of deal that he's setting up over off of uh, Tassel Pike Fellowship North. It's a little drive through uh, from 7 to 1030. Um, so that's why I went before here, because before 1030, got us some Mexican chili mochas. First time we've had lattes on the show. So, coffee and latte? Wait, coffee. no, lattes and conversations? L- lattes and conversations? I don't know. There's, a, l- latte there's there. yeah. a latte to talk about. A latte to... Anyway, we'll stop yeah, there. Easy jokes. We, <laughs> we love thank we, love Brand. we thank so much for our friendship with Colin and him being able to
0: sponsor us. So check him out on the website. Absolutely. Thanks, Bryn Coffee. And uh, Crystal, I would just love for you to share with our listeners today just a little bit about yourself, kind of where you come from, your background what I call um, kind of those fence post moments in your life that were formative, kind of made you who you are and who was involved in the, in those moments. And sometimes those are those are good, sometimes those are bad. You know, it's the good, bad, the ugly that make us who we are, right? It's it's all those things that I think the Lord redeems and makes something beautiful. And so I just, Absolutely. I look forward to hear a little bit about where you've come from.
2: Sure, um, big picture. I grew up in Middle Tennessee, um, so spent elementary school formative years in Nashville. Uh-oh. And um, middle school, high school, about 45 minutes south in Columbia, Tennessee, okay. um, was accepted and came to the University of Tennessee, which is what brought me here to Knoxville, uh, met and connected with Pastor Daryl Arnold, who I know is a past guest in OBC, and God started speaking to me about calling in my second senior year. Yeah. Ut yeah, nice. um, and so accepted the call to ministry felt divinely connected to this city um, and it's what kept me here for over a decade um, so i stayed here planted in youth ministry worked in youth serving organizations i um, just seeking to pour myself out um, so i made a commitment in my 20s really in my season of singleness that god everything that i have within me like i want to commit to serving you and serving kids and serving the city Um, transitioned in my early 30s, both in ministry and calling and in life, um, and ended up going to the city of Chicago. Chi-town. Yes, and then to Virginia. Um, And so God has just moved me kind of from place to place, Mm -hmm. and with each geographical place, I felt him moving me to different spiritual places and spiritual seasons. Um, And so at each one of those places, there has been a person who has been super, instrumental in my formation Um, so in my character development and in my relationship and my pursuit of god Um, what has been the constant has been my family so Mm. i always speak about the influence of my mom Um, she was a single mother had me in her freshman year of college um, finished school as a first generation student Mm. Um, And so, her influence early on and seeing her tenacity and her faith and her determination through different seasons of her life, in addition to having the influence of my grandmother as another maternal presence um, who was a strong woman of faith, um, of character, a community leader, a servant as well, um, really helped make me and shape me into the woman that I am today. Uh, my mom married when I was young, um, and so my dad, who was my stepfather, uh, was a pastor, and so I saw them work together in ministry, um, saw them also pour their lives out, uh, yeah. so they were social workers by trade and by training, but in ministry. Um, so grew up with examples all around me of people who literally committed their lives to pursuing God and that translating into serving humanity, um, mm-hmm. wanting to see lives changed, um, wanting to look for both practices. Practical and then for theological answers for people to help them transition and transform. Um, so my family was absolutely the foundation for that, and then got put people, key people, um, mentors and teachers, and um, individuals who would see gifts and callings and speak that and call that forth from me um, at each one of those places, in each one of those localities, in each one of those seasons in my life
0: yeah that's awesome yeah man there's so much i think moms and grandmas and and what we're hearing about there the foundation is so beautiful um and and i'm so curious so you came to ut though um, from middle tennessee and Still having the ability to kind of carve your own path, make your own choices. Were there people here Um, and then in each of the places you you went to from Chicago to Virginia and back? um, What was that like that people kind of still were, you said, pulling out of you? Kind of that calling that you already sensed, you knew the foundations had been laid, um, your family from... Social work to also ministry, though, but making a difference, like you said, practical and theological, which I think is beautiful mm-hmm. uh, to marry those things together. But w- what was that like for you here? Who were those people? What Were there any specifics that you felt that they added to your life or drew out of you?
2: Yes. So I was absolutely a PK, um, okay. not the stereotypical bad kid, like rebellious type of PK. Like I was a church kid, um, loved it loved church community, loved worship. Um, When you are a PK, you know, you do everything in the church. So I ushered (laughs) and read scripture, um, grew up singing. Um, So five days, Uh I cannot sing. Uh You just have to do it when you're a (laughs) PK. Um, But five days out of the week, five of those nights, you know, in addition to everything that I was doing with school and leadership, five of those nights, you just knew that you were going to be doing something at the church. Wow. Um, And so by the time I was getting ready to graduate, it Ready to live my life like I was just determined like I just want to be normal. Um, I'd given my life to the Lord when I was nine, so almost 30 years ago now, Um, and was serious in kind of my commitment and my passion for Jesus. So Jesus was my friend. I had a Precious Moments Bible that was tattered and torn (laughs) by that time. Um, And I would write out my notes on a legal pad. Um, So I would copy over scriptures when they would speak to me. Like, I Mm. had a relationship with the Lord at that time, and I had a deep commitment to the church. But I literally remember praying when I was getting ready to transition from high school to college, Lord, I just want to be normal. I just want to live my life and do the things that other teenagers, young adults get to do. I just want to go have fun and go out with friends and go to the club. Like, I just want to be normal. And so that was my intention in moving to the University of Tennessee. It was far enough away from home (laughs) that I was like, nobody's going to know me. None of my dad's pastor friends are Uh going to be around me. Like, nobody's going to be watching what I'm doing. And so we got moved in. The second day that I was on campus, I was walking on the sidewalk in front of Hess Hall, and I bumped into a redheaded gentleman. I'd never seen him a day in my life. And he stops me and says, can we have a conversation? I just really need to talk to you. The Lord is telling me something and I know it's gonna sound strange, but I just mm. need to let you know what I sense God is doing in your life. Sidewalk. Second day on the college Hess campus, Hall. committed Hess. to live my life in front of Hess Hall, known as the zoo. Like, I was about to have a ball, and God just interrupted all of those plans with Chuck Lester. Chuck Lester. Um, yep. And so Chuck. With Chi Alpha. With Kai Alpha mm-hmm. um, and Campus Ministries, the second day that I was there, um, confirmed that God had a unique calling on my life and literally said to me, God said, you are not allowed to just be normal. Um, So I broke down. I'm crying on the sidewalk. He's speaking to me, um, sharing what God was showing him about um, just kind of life for me and a call to ministry and a difference that God wanted to make through my life. And so even in those moments, I was making choices, and there was this tension between I want to be normal, I want to be like everybody else, and I'm just not going to be. Um, So God's hand was on my life. Then um, he confirmed it second day. And so I plugged in, got active in campus ministry, um, enjoyed my time in college, still had a ball, um, worked eventually full time. And so I still had really formative experiences, but was plugged in in a way that kept my faith growing um, and gave me community, Christian community, um, on that campus. So, between Chi Alpha and um, Collegiate Black Christians, and the influence of Jenny Music and the other leaders who were there, um, and Love United Gospel Choir, and the friendships that I developed in that ministry, um, they sustained me uh, while I was at UT. By my senior year, um, I grew up Church of God in Christ, so black Pentecostal church tradition, yeah. um, but by my senior year, I was seeing things in scripture um, and wanting a deeper dive and wasn't fulfilled just in the congregations that I had been a part of before, um, so I started getting to the place where I would hear the text read for the sermon, and I knew exactly where the preacher was going to go with it. I knew where the title was going to be. I knew at what point he was going to hoop. Um, those things <laughs> <scenes laughs> just yes. got to the point where they were really rehearsed for me, having mm. been in the church for so long and so I wanted something different and I wanted something deeper and I was invited to hear Pastor Arnold Um, he was planting had about 20 people at that time Oh, early very early Um, was working with students with young adults Um, it was this ragamuffin kind of ministry and so I went and heard him and God spoke to me that day when I was there and was like this is where I need you to be and this is the person that I need you to sit under Um, and so just being around his tutelage and having the opportunity to sit with him and break bread and look at Scripture opened it up for me in new ways. Um, so I started writing out what God was telling me, what he showed me in Scripture. Showed Pastor Arnold a few of those things. So um, I remember God started talking to me about Daniel. Um, And so I was reading through the book of Daniel, and in chapter one, you have him and those three Hebrew boys. Their names are changed, they're in a culture that's unfamiliar, and they are presented with choice food. And it says meat, especially, um, strong drink. And they're like, no, I don't want the meat. I'm going to eat vegetables. Um, So they would only eat fruits and vegetables. They chose a different diet than what was popular in the culture. And so I went forward in Daniel and you have the Hebrew boys in the furnace, you have Daniel in the lion's den, and God started speaking to me about them being in their trial, but because they didn't consume what was in the culture, there wasn't within them what was attracted. Um, the temptation and the difficulty, hmm. like they didn't see the impact of that because of what they chose to consume earlier. So Daniel yeah. wasn't consumed by the lion because God was with him. Daniel also didn't smell like meat.
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> so sure the lion did. wouldn't have attacked him if yep. he was giving off a fragrance that was not going to be what the lion would have wanted to, to consume. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to him and I was like, hey, here's what Come I'm on. saying. I've never heard this minister before. Like, I don't know where this is coming from. And he confirmed over time, God's calling to me um, towards ministry. Mm. And that was different because I grew up in a tradition where women were not allowed or sanctioned to operate in particular types of ministry. So you could teach kids and you could sing in the choir and sing worship, but you couldn't stand in the pulpit and proclaim the gospel. Mm. And so to have him in that, point in my life, in that position in my life, say, this is absolutely what God is calling you to do and look back at my 4-H speaks and speaking oratorical competitions that we did in the domination and leadership opportunities that I had in high school and um, all of these other things that fit together in ways that I really couldn't explain in terms of how God was calling yeah. me into, into a ministry of the gospel that would include a proclamation of mm-hmm. scripture. Um, So he affirmed that, licensed me in ministry, um, and I took off from there. So I built out the youth and young adult ministries for OBC as a part of what was a church plan at that time. Started loving on young people um, and pursuing pursuing God through an understanding of the scripture. One more story about Pastor Arnold. He tells us a lot. Um, But um, I was pretty timid um, and was in ministry training with him. And so he would call me up randomly um, and asked me to read scripture and so i'd open my bible wherever he told me to open it and i would just start reading he got so frustrated with me all that he would slap the bible out of my hand um (laughs) and literally say like you don't read scripture Mm -hmm. like that like it's not a regular book you are um not just reading for the audience or reading because i asked you to um scripture is alive and it's breathing mm. and so when you are proclaiming scripture when you're reading scripture you need to bring the same thing to it that god did in instructing the writers to create it wow. like you need to you need to proclaim it um so having a bible slapped out of your head yeah, do that, <laughs> by your mentor oh, will wake man. you up in a way to the ways that mm. um that scripture is alive and it's um, it's meaningful and it's transformative mm-hmm. and it's life-changing and so from that point forward the last you know 15 16 years um i've approached scripture like that in study and i've approached scripture like that um, when i have the opportunity to minister to others um so even that moment kind of transformed what i did moving forward yeah. but um, out of those experiences with ut with chuck Wester saying literally like you're not normal and um growing to the point where pastor arnold licensed, and then additionally um Ordain me into pastoral ministry, um, there were people around me who could see what God was doing even when I didn't believe it, even when I couldn't explain it yeah. um, based on what had been doctrinal belief prior to that, mm. but um, would say, you know, what God is doing in your life is real and it's bigger than you can think or imagine, and you just need to say, say yes.
0: Yeah, wow, that's amazing. I love it from the confirmation as soon as she gets here day two yeah. to just kind of lifting some of the limitations even of what your perception of is, of what my role could be in God's kingdom and, and, and what activity I can even engage in to know. You you can do anything the Lord puts in front of you, um, regardless of gender, age. My kid doesn't, and so I love that. That's so powerful. And uh, knowing Chuck and and Kai Alpha, and and wow, that's so encouraging. um, Just to kind of hear because having our own families, and I think about, man, I feel like I'm I'm doing a decent job raising my kids to love and know the Lord, to experience His presence, and to know Him intimately but I know they've got to leave my house one day. I've got 18 years to pour into them and to form them and to mold them and then to trust God with them. And I'm praying for people just like you're describing to come across their paths, to confirm what I know is inside them, too, that I'm sure your mom saw inside you, that your stepdad saw inside you. Yeah. And, um, but to see people then also draw it out and add to the foundations that we're all laying in, at home. Absolutely. Um, so that's so beautiful. I love that. Uh, were there Was there anything that was kind of monumental or key even when you were in Chicago or Virginia? What were, what were those experiences like?
2: Um, so... The last seven years um, that I've been away from Knoxville and even in returning have been so radically different Mm. um, in my relationship with the Lord, my relationship kind of with the church body. Um, because I was a church kid who landed here <laughs> in familiar places in terms of the domination that my dad was a part of and um, churches where I would have been known in those ways and then landing in ministry almost immediately there at OBC with Pastor Arnold mm-hmm. I was always on the front row um, so always in the core of ministry um, always seeing what was happening and a part of what was happening on Sundays and on midweek services Um, And so I moved to Chicago and knew absolutely no one Mm. and had no connections, no network, didn't have a church home, um, wasn't sent anywhere in particular there. Um, And so for a very long time, it was just me and God. Yeah. And he supernaturally connected me to people who would cover me there, including, and I want to give a shout out to Pastor Eric and um, Leek and his phenomenal wife who covered me during the season that I was up there, mm. the four or five years that I was there. But it felt very much like my yeah. wilderness um, in the sense that I wasn't immediately plugged in and I wasn't doing ministry for the first time in my life. Um, so... That's
0: a different season. It's yeah.
2: completely different. Um, yeah. So it had been all that i known. Really, I recognized at that time how much it was a part of my identity, right? Like, mm. this is not just what yeah. I do. This is who I am. And so to be separated from that really catalyzed some existential crisis yeah. um, in terms of who I am and um, where I fit and where I belong. And so I... Started out looking for a church home. Um, That's what you do. Um, So I would ask for recommendations as people (laughs) talked at work. Um, Chicago is a secular city, so it was not Knoxville. It was not Nashville where everybody goes to church on Sunday morning. It's not Bible Belt. Um, So there was an experience in diversity and belief system that was really refreshing for me as a thinker and a seeker and a person who... Um, wants to just know people. And so I would strike up random conversations in Starbucks and at gas pumps and um, with the person sitting next to me when I would go to lunch in my workplace and ask people what they thought and what they believed and if they had a faith community and if I could come. Um, And so I would go with anyone who would allow me to, to whatever their faith practice was, Um, on those weekends because it wasn't just Sunday anymore. So I was doing that on Saturdays and Sundays. Um, And when I didn't have someone to would take me with them to visit, I'd drive in my car. So I'd open up Google and drive and kind of just ask Siri what churches were in the area, and I would be led on which one to go to. Um, So for the first time in my life, I knew what it was to be an outsider Hmm. and to Hmm. be a seeker. And sit on the back row and to walk into places and sometimes they speak and sometimes they welcome you with open arms and you immediately feel like you're a part of it. Um, But I had that experience every single week. Wow. And so I didn't end up um, planting myself fully in one place other than being covered by the leaks while I was there and just embrace the opportunity that I had to see the full picture of the kingdom, Mm -hmm. Um, so the kingdom of God, and then other systems of belief, Mm. and loved, absolutely loved and have been transformed by that experience So seeing different styles of worship and different styles of prayer, um, high church and low church, um, big church and small church, and seeing the beauty of it all and feeling the presence of God in it all. Um and so I did that for four or five years, ended up moving to Virginia, took the same opportunity to do that in Southwest Virginia. Okay. Um, so in coal mining <laughs> wow. Virginia and I would drive the region while working there um and just continue visiting places and asking people if I could go with them. Um, but it's been formative in ways that I can't even describe in words yet, just see the diversity of the body of Christ and the members. Um and to see how big God is, and that he's bigger than the boxes that we put him in, and bigger than just what we see in our limited perspective on Sunday mornings. Mm. Um, But that's been, kind of the choice that I've made and that I've continued is, and we have such an opportunity now with so many churches going online so yes. even now during this season in our nation and in our world where we may not be gathering physically um, I'll pop in the 10 services on a Sunday yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so people will share their services online and I'll be like okay yeah. like I'm gonna join you this Sunday I'm gonna check out this word I'm gonna be a part of this body and I'm gonna encourage um, stop by and encourage you know this group yeah. of people and say you're doing an awesome job and you know someone saw you this week um, so that's been what I've been doing the last five to seven years is um, being re to the experience of a new believer someone coming in who is not in the core of the church being divinely and intimately um, knowledgeable about what that's like um, because I know God is going to use that in ministry for me going forward Absolutely. and um, feel divinely called now to ministry that lives at the periphery and in the margins and in the intersections and in places that haven't been kind of traditional core church and so I needed that nomadic wandering kind of experience needed to see the full range of what the body looks like and I'm excited about what God is going to do with it next.
0: That's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Wow. It's It's those moments of, of stretching and getting outside of our norm yeah. that I think are just even more it's formative sometimes. It's such than a the,
1: cool yeah. practice of, of just striking up the conversation, finding out who the person is sitting next to you. It's, it's that deeper intimacy I think we all long for, but so many people are just afraid to yeah. extend
0: that so, so much in this world today. But It's very formative because I think so many of us have... Um, there's no way to get outside of our own experience and understanding until we enter someone else's world. Uh, yeah. Religiously, um, to, for me to have gone to synagogue or to the mosque or local, I mean, those are just things that help broaden your perspective. Otherwise, you get what you're fed, either right. through media, friends, your own circles. That's uh, really neat how God kind of took you on that path. I think it's so encouraging. Yeah, Sam, uh, I'm curious, what would you say today, uh, kind of looking at our culture in 2020? and the leadership that is exhibited in so many levels from nationally and we've been in a government leadership struggle crisis i would even say um to even in at the church local level and organizationally you know like what you're a part of and and giving back and serving in in communities that are underserved what what do you see just running rampant as a deficit what 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 do you see in 2020 that is lacking uh in leadership and, and in just, I, I'm just curious what you, what you would say to that.
2: Yeah, it's an excellent question. I um, will start by talking about kind of national leadership and um, the pain of polarity hmm. and um, the need for authentic, transformative relationship and character. Um, Probably the biggest gap that I see is one just in truth. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know that generationally, any of us that are Gen X into millennials, um, into exennials and later generations um, were formed and shaped by experience like 9-11 and other types of things that have happened over the last you know, 20 years that have kind of shaken our systems and shaken belief systems and shaken this sense of there is a truth and there's something that I can count on and there's something that I can believe in and that those things are going to stand the test of time. So whether that is national political leadership or what we'll look at as national kind of church, Bixie church leadership, um, there have been just these examples of fallen, imperfect, um, broken people. Um, And so having the presence of people in positions of power who are going to do what is best for people and who are led by um, truth as defined by Scripture and truth as defined by love and by justice, um, I think is something that we're all craving and that we've all been looking for. Um, And so, I look forward to that rising and see that rising up out of communities and out of places. Um, I really have held onto a scripture um, out of Isaiah, and that's when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard, will lift up a standard against him. Um, And when you exegete that word standard, it's really talking about a model or an example. Um, and so I think that the enemy has come in like a flood mm-hmm. in our nation, in our churches, um, in public health now, in um, racial unrest, and in all of these systems um, of this world. But there's an opportunity for a standard to be raised, mm-hmm. and that standard being about godly leadership, and it being about character, and it being about love of neighbor. And, um, yeah us taking care of one another. Um, so I think that there's a different voice that's needed. I think there are authentic transformative leaders um, that God is speaking to in hidden places and he's preparing yeah. and they're walking through their own difficulties in their own seasons and they're being shaped and formed in ways that when the time is right, they'll be revealed, but they're not going to come from the places that We've historically looked for leadership.
0: Mm, That's so good. I feel like she answered my question by painting a picture, which was amazing. I was meeting with uh, uh, a few other pastors this week and that was one of the things that we were talking about, something you mentioned even that we've seen here lately were some of the fallen leaders uh, within the church world that had really been bridges between culture and Christianity um, that had been some real bridge builders, but to find some... um, incongruencies in integrity and the enemy have an opportunity to get in reminded the guys I was meeting with the reason that we were getting together is that we need accountability agreed we need people that will hold us to integrity into um, what we know. First of all, yeah, I want to lead my family well, but I've got to lead myself well too. Mm. And that's keeping my heart humble before the Lord, tender before others that I can be teachable. And um, that's why me and these, these guys get together because we don't answer to uh, a church board member or yeah. a staff person. or But here it is as a group of guys that no one else knows we're getting together except for that, because we want to be in it for the long game um, that we that we can stand on that day and say in here, good and faithful servant. And that's what we absolutely got to have people around us, got to have people around us for that. So that's really, really good, man, to have integrity. That's such a deficit. And it is being formed in people right now that you're right. It's not the flash. It's not the people who have been on in every magazine for every conference. And, and that's both political, religious, everything. I think, there's something new that that the Lord is going to do. I think in the wake of what 2020 has brought about, um, and I think it's going to be it's going to be beautiful because the Spirit is the one who is raising that standard. Agreed. The Spirit, and only one person gets credit, and that's God. God gets the glory. Um, so that's neat. I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. That's really cool.
2: Yeah, it's, it's um, neat when I think about like qualification for leadership and what we will look at that. Um, According to a worldly standard or according to a cultural standard versus what scripture says qualifies you for leadership and for um, a biblical basis for spiritual maturity, right, which is trial, like it's James 1, where it is enduring trial and enduring tests, um, and it's what perfects us. And what matures us. And so when you look at fivefold leadership or any leadership that the Lord is leading um, or raising up for his body, um, it won't be in conference attendance and no. it won't be in. Um, That's not the resume that Paul degree. quoted. Yeah. You got it. It's yeah. not the resume, it's, it's trial. When we look yeah. at those apostolic leaders in scriptures exactly, and the ones yeah. who built the foundations of what the church was, like their lives were tumultuous and and difficult and hard, and I think culturally we see that like when we're going through, mm. when we are um, exhibiting or experiencing hardship, when trials come, when you have a year like twenty twenty that shakes everything yeah. Yeah. Um, in your life, that shakes finances and it shakes membership and it shakes health and it shakes relationships and marriages and when children are at home learning virtually and there's stress all around like yeah. we look at that and ask where is God and feel like um we're making mistakes or we're not where we're supposed to be like we resist those seasons and we seek a type of normalcy that I don't know that God has established because he's trying to mature us yeah and so it's those difficult seasons right it's, the trial and the temptation and the test that sanctify us and that purge away the things that were never God to begin with and give us the wisdom and anchor us in the ways that we need to be anchored spiritually in order to lead well. And to not be tossed to and fro, to not chase what is popular or what seems to be working in other places, but to be able to sit still and hear from the Lord and to move in faith and obedience no matter what the situation looks like. Like That comes through experience and that comes through trial, and I think God is doing that with yeah. lots of us yeah. um, right now in preparation for the leadership that we're going to have to walk in moving forward. So I That's encourage so young leaders, especially like don't trip when there's storms and when there's mm-hmm. earthquakes and when you're shaking and when you feel stirred, God is settling you yeah. um, and you have to go through it. You have to endure it in order to know him in his fullness, in order to see new dimensions of his love for you and his faithfulness towards you and to be able to walk other people through those times and through those difficult moments. Um, Having now lived on those margins and in the periphery and seen the isolation and some of the pain for those who don't have community and who aren't in relationship with God, they need people who have been tried and tested and I think God is doing that and um, applied your turn towards accountability and think others need to do that like Mm -hmm. we can't do this alone we aren't designed to make it through this alone so the turning towards one another and being vulnerable and open and walking through those seasons I think is what builds the body of Christ. That's what maturing the body of Christ looks like. Um, And it's not the shout and the holler on the Sunday that does that. It's being in authentic relationship and struggling through and allowing those trials to build our faith and our endurance in a way that, That make us look more like our our Savior.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, we want the shortcut to spiritual promotion, but uh, that's not the way uh, that even when we see the accolades of the world given out, the things that are prized and and applauded are not the same things that God is is applauding, I believe, today. And and it's going to be through trials that we see that. It's so interesting you pull out that scripture. I'm preparing for joy uh, this week as I preach it in our Advent series.
2: Excellent.
0: And it it ends there with how Christ's example can allow us to consider all things joy regardless of what we're walking through. It's not circumstantial, it's not situational, uh, but it's formative. And he's more interested in the journey and the process yeah. than the outcome. We it. want outcomes, right? We want the yeah. we want the name on the on the billboard. Yes, we want the act like we want the praise. But he's interested in the journey in the process yes. because it's developing the character of Christ. Character. Yep. Yeah,
2: joy so was my good. theme for this year. I've been selecting a word. Mm, I don't know if y'all are that's awesome in touch with kind of that. Yeah, oh, mine, <laughs> that was, mine was mine was
0: victory, which I don't know what happened in twenty twenty. Victory though was mine. But joy, I
2: joy was, was mine. Um, so along with that particular scripture. um, I've meditated on Christ um, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross um, and the shame that came along with it. So this idea of um, a joy set before us. Um, So looking forward to the outcome, right? Because the outcome is still promised to us. The victory is still promised to us. And because of that outcome, right, because of the character that's going to be developed in me, because I'm going to be sanctified, because that sanctification leads to God being glorified in yeah. my life and through my life in ways that draw other people to him Yeah. Um, because of that. I can endure that's my right. cross, right? Like uh, I can endure my shame or whatever that trial is that is uniquely mm-mm. designed to that's get it. me to the place where Come God wants me to be. Don't preach my sermon now. So <laughs> that's, that's the joy and it's it's not connected to this world. It's not circumstantial. It can't be taken from us. It can't be stripped away by what we walk through or what we experience because it's it's eternal, right? It like is. I'm looking forward to a joy. I'm looking forward to an outcome so that no matter what hits my life, the good it's days, so good. the bad days, the the heights, the depths, um, no matter what it is I'm walking through, it all gets me closer to right. to the place where he designed for me to be.
0: It is. It's the eternal finish line, and joy and hope are so interrelated, which, yeah. which you talked about. But I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, man, she's already preaching my sermon know, for Sunday. <laughs> <Even> <laughs> Jesus had to go through the wilderness, man. That's yeah. right. Well, you want to go? I know it's, man, we're on like such a... Uh, a great track here of what the Lord is saying to us, but um, let's just switch gears real quick and we'll come back to some oh, more it's time serious stuff. <laughs> Are you ready for some rapid fire? Let's do it. <laughs> get your coffee
1: ready. This is the part of the the show where we uh, I talk really fast and we get rapid fire, but the time doesn't go any shorter. If anything, these questions may take even longer. <laughs> they always
0: turn them on us.
2: They always just ask funny. us the questions. I don't know why. <laughs> they do. They do. Last week we got
1: asked about French fries, but. Um, Crystal, what's your favorite movie? And it's the type of movie that you turn your TV on, you flip to like your go-to channel, and you're like, oh, it's on, but oh, it's like 45 minutes into it. I don't care. I'll watch it anyways. What's that movie for you?
2: Um, I think of all time, it would be Lion King. Okay. All right. Let's go. Yes. And probably in the last decade, it would be Hunger Games. And so I'm going to talk more about this, just like my love for sci-fi uh-huh. um, and my identification with characters mm. who break systems, like yeah. who mm. don't fit and who are outsiders. And because they are outsiders, they... Um, see new possibilities and see the problems, and can galvanize people to bring down the stuff that doesn't work. So Katniss. yeah, I'm a Katniss, I'm a Katniss fan. Come
1: yeah. on, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good series too. I feel like um, this has been The Hunger Games, 2020. Lion King, short little thing. Um, my wife didn't know Mufasa died. She's oh no, 23, almost 24 now. She never seen it. She has, but we're watching the live action. She's like. <gasps> Is he dead? I'm like, is he dead? You haven't seen the movie before? Yeah. <laughs> She's over there crying. I'm
2: like, bruh. Anyways. I know. I still cry. Like, every time. Yeah, it's It's hard. Ridiculous. It's hard to watch. Definitely.
1: Um, most influential book or person? Or podcast. Or, or podcast. sermon. Or, sermon yeah, things sermon. that you listen to that where you, uh, you go to get Phil.
2: Um, I'm a Toni Morrison fan. Um, so she has a book, uh, Song of Solomon, hmm. um, that I love and that I return to and read almost every year. Um, at the end oh, wow. of the book, uh, Solomon Flies, and it's just something that resonates with me, hmm. like the ability to take wings and to take flight, um, and that's how how the story concludes. Hmm. Um, so it's one of my favorites. Um, yeah.
0: Love it. Love it. That's awesome. Every
1: year. Every year. Every year. That's cool. Uh, speaking of every year or every day, go to comfort food. I know I've had a lot of comfort food in 2020. Just trying to feel it. <laughs> so good. So what's so
2: your true. what's your go to comfort Fried food? Fried chicken and especially chicken wings. There so, we go. Yeah.
0: You got a place you like to go?
2: I don't. I go everywhere, All right. wherever they have chicken don't wings. Don't pick and choose. I don't. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah.
0: good.
1: And with that, there's seasonal mm-hmm. treats. Do you have any like seasonal Foods beverages, things that just kind of bring back that childhood memory uh, of this time of year
2: I really don't no no, I have some favorites, but nothing specific to what to are the some season. of those favorites um I'd say our family gatherings around holidays, like okay. those kind of traditional yeah. meals, my favorite would be macaroni and cheese, so yeah. it is not a holiday without it. And if you mess it up, you messed up the holiday. Oh. <laughs> the mac and cheese. The yeah. mac and cheese.
1: We just introduced that to our Thanksgiving for the first time this yeah, year. Absolutely. Because
0: it's not like my wife would, she was like, yeah, I don't understand what your family eats. It doesn't have mac and cheese, it doesn't have enough carbs for her. I know. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Y'all do like green bean casserole. That's yeah. It's the criminal. weird casserole. It's the corn <laughs> casserole, <laughs> right. the green
1: bean casserole. My wife <laughs> the, doesn't listen to this. Yeah. talking about that.
0: casserole. Yeah. <laughs> so she made a green bean casserole this year. Yeah, it's weird stuff. With that weird. French's onion stuff yeah. on top and like French green bean? Like, what? That's not a green bean. It's
2: not a green bean. What is that? Corn, oh, corn, corn with thing. cornbread
0: on top? <laughs> That's the corn weirdest. With thing. Cornbread? It's like
1: cornbread or corn casserole. Oh, corn casserole. But to me, it's just corn with cornbread on top. <laughs> it's
2: Pretty The awesome. weirdest thing
0: ever, yeah, with like some weird. cream of corn in it. It's not as bad. Yeah, cream. Just cream corn alone. You got you guys like, Destroyed not a real few po- oh, weeks man. ago. I
2: saw your post about that. Oh, blasted. That yeah, the year before he
1: he didn't get he forgot the corn, and this year he that's got the corn. That's a polarizing issue in our nation. <laughs> and so he's like two seconds away from just being ostracized from Thanksgiving.
2: True. But um, yes. So mac and cheese is necessary holidays. Cheese. Now that I have my daughter, um, we are absolutely keeping the tradition of Christmas Good. cookies. So uh, Christmas cookies, she okay. She will grow up, yep, yeah, with memories you hopefully make of yes, of course. Of sugar cookies them? and decorating oh, them. Come on. Yes. I love so, it. So yeah, that will be what I really want her to remember. And she what almost didn't share want. that
1: one. I know. That's a big deal. That is That's a big, a big deal. deal. That's the traditions. That's the thing you pass on that lives it on is. for generations. My right. wife grew
0: up doing Christmas cookies too.
1: Um, funniest or favorite? But I like we we prefer the funniest. If you got them, ministry experience.
0: <laughs> Most, bizarre. Most bizarre. Like something crazy, just unexpected. Like oh man, this is embarrassing.
2: Oh my goodness, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I should have been prepared for that question. Um, funniest ministry experience. I'm sure,
1: you got some of da. Oh, no.
0: She, she made some pastoral we
2: week, too, though. Yeah, lots of fun, but I can't think of any that were bizarre. Uh, so lots of street ministry. Lots Street of, ministry is
0: full of it. Yeah. You just don't think of it because you just keep going. You got it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, we've, we've yeah. done a lot of that, just talking to people in the hood. and Yeah. yeah. Having it interesting is. thing comes up. The
0: funniest is just every day of work for her. Yeah, it's yeah. every day of work. This isn't funny. To me. Lots of <laughs> conversations. <laughs> this is it's the norm. People, right? <laughs> no, that's true. Exactly right. Yeah, nothing work. stands out. Yeah, that's okay. That's awesome. Well, as we kind of um, wrap back up with some more serious thoughts, I- I'm curious, Crystal. What are what are some of the things that you sense the Lord leading you towards next? And um, are is there something that's just in your heart that you're like, I really, I really feel like if. Um, you know, if the Lord would open up the right doors of opportunity, money's no object, time, everything. Just, man, this is, this is something you're passionate about. Um, it's interesting. We've had uh, a guy who donates our coffee who was like, man, I'd end, I'd end orphan, you know, the, the need to have foster care. An orphan, he just has such a heart for adoption. We're like, oh, I didn't expect
1: that. Yeah. Last week was marriage. He would make yeah. sure every like, couple felt yeah. equipped to have a successful marriage.
0: Yeah. So I'm just curious, what what are some of the things that you're passionate about that man you would just you would dive right in, go for it. Money, no object, time, everything.
2: That's a great question. (laughs) One of them still figuring it out. I um
0: We can hear that rain in the background right now.
2: I know. I am here um, at Emerald and have been super passionate and invested in what's happening with young people for you know 20 years of my life and my career. So um, my initial answer, my heart is always gonna be turned towards them. Yeah, So
0: the next generation. The
2: next generation and young people having opportunities to first understand and then to pursue fully what God has put in their heart. So young people, Finding their passion and purpose and being able to to pursue that without worry or fear or um, being held back by their circumstances. That's the thing that kind of keeps me up at night. Um, As far as personal ministry, it's kind of driven by the same thing. So, what's on my heart right now is really young adults and those that are in that season, like that transition spot. Um, into adulthood and trying to figure out marriage and family and career and calling um, and having access to capital, so social capital, um, spiritual capital um, that can help them get into those places as well. Um, So... Super passionate about that. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. those are definitely related, connected. They are
2: related. Yeah,
0: a lot of the same things, and I think it's so wonderful we get to do what we we do each and every day in the communities where we do it. Yeah, um, that are what we're passionate about. You yeah, just so much fun. So, uh, what what would you like to go back and tell your twenty two year old self? Uh, what would you give um, advice to that twenty two year old? What would you wanna want them to know?
2: Um. I think at 22, so again, I was here in the city trying to decide if I was going somewhere else or going to grad school or going to work full time as I had to get through college or I'm going to say yes to ministry, whatever that would look like, I, um, I would tell myself that it's going to be okay and um, to trust my own perspective and point of view and to make decisions based on what I felt like was right for me. I think in that season, really for years later, um, I was driven by what was expected. Mm -hmm. And um, we talked about mentorship and leadership and how important that was. Um, So I think there was a drive for me to um, please parents. (laughs) and to please pastors, um, to live up to other people's kind of expectations of me, to not rock the boat, and in some ways to even minimize and to think less of what my Hmm. potential was because that felt safer. Um, So I would tell myself not to place limits on me or on God and on what he could do and then to fully pursue what was in my heart. Um, Now, a few seasons later, I'm revisiting the dreams that I had at that time Mm -hmm. with a new belief that I can pursue them and can chase them. And so um, I think there were years lost that can be redeemed. Mm But the dreams that God gave me are still my dreams. And because I internalized other limitations, I didn't pursue them fully at that time. And I'm trying to make up now the time to go after them and to do them and to use the gifts God gave me and and take advantage of the potential that I have to run in those directions. So I go back and tell myself and will tell other young people, like just go after it, like fully run, chase, like pursue it. And um, God will lead you and detour you if He needs to along the way, but but trust what he put in your heart. Yeah.
0: That's so good, man. We could all use to hear that. Yeah, uh, trust and step out because we all self sabotage or self limit. Yeah, uh, that's so good. That's such a great reminder, Crystal. It's been so great having yeah, you been. on here with us it's today, so good. Christian. It's been amazing. Every single one of these are different. I know, and they could go a different direction every time with the same people. I know. So I love we, it. We're so thankful you finished off the year for it with us. Oh, yes! Uh, so this no.
1: is, is a Merry Christmas.
0: That's right. And so we uh, will just wish you a great twenty twenty one. Joy will lead into who knows what next year will be. I appreciate
2: it very e-drops. much. Yeah. Pray God continues to bless you all in Thank all you. of your endeavors and the podcast and your listeners and those that will hear it. I um, was praying even this week and God. Uh, started talking about what's going to come out of the season. Like there are creators who are writing songs and ministers who Mm -hmm. he's speaking to in new ways and giving vision. And I just am super excited about 2021, Mm. not just a change in the calendar, but what I think is really a change in the body and um, what's going to emerge from what has been the difficult place. I think God is doing something new and Um, there's going to be revelation and reformation and it's going to come from unexpected places. So I'm excited to see what God is going to do through the two of you and through the ministry he's called to and in our city and in our nation, it's going to be big. And that's great. God is faithful to all of us.
0: Yes, he is. Well, Crystal, thanks again for being on here with us. To our listeners, thanks for listening. Certainly subscribe and share. And don't forget, you can email us at coffeeconvospodcast at gmail.com. Until next
2: time.